Man, oh man, oh man. This is episode 18 of Psychotherapy. I am your host, Jet Dunlap, and I'm coming to you after 12 days of being in the mountains up in the eastern Sierra Nevada. If you listen to the episode before this, episode 17, you'll hear a little bit about that and what I did while I was there. I I'm actually recording, this is a first for me, I'm recording episode 18 before I upload episode 17, but for you, this will not be something you notice, so have no fear. This is episode 18, coming at you right now. Enjoy. Not much of an intro there, and that again is the second time I've done an intro before I did the episode. I'm not trying to prevent people from knowing what's going to happen in the episode, which is, you know, basically the the intro before I would tell you what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. There are so few people that listen to this at current, which is fine if you hear this in the future, and it's hugely successful, and you go, oh my god, Jet Dunlap, the king of podcasting? How would he have ever had a few people? For the last 12 days, I have not had a show, and I have had zero complaints. Zero complaints. That means that the people who um, were listening to it at the behest of my close friends and my wife are uh, not missing the episodes not being fed to them. And I'm sure you can imagine that uh, there's a little sadness in that. You know, I put a lot of effort into this. I put a lot of energy into it, too. And it is not my intention to cry about <laughs> about the fact that there is not a lot of fanfare around the uh, lack of episodes recently. But that's okay. I persist. Let that be a metaphor in reality about our own journeys. For me right now, podcasting is one of those things that I am doing because I believe that it'll do a lot of good. I have seen the results of it in the few people who have listened to it, and I've seen, I guess, heard the feedback. And it's kind of an extension of what I was doing for people already. It's not kind of an extension. It is an extension of what I was doing already, which is six to seven hours a week, people would call me on the phone with help they needed. And I had a unique way of assisting them in in that help they required. So this is a broader spectrum of that. Me getting tied to the result would be a hypocritical move in the sense that whenever I'm giving anyone advice or talking to anyone, I try and tell people to be action-oriented and not result-oriented. Now, a lot of the questions that people ask me organically and naturally is about fitness because you see me and you go, okay, there's a guy who's not out of control, out of shape, maybe even in good shape. So people say, how'd you get there? It's so sad in in one way um, because I know that the percentage of people who actually find the results that they want is low. That doesn't mean that the process to that result is more difficult for one person than it is another. It's simply that for whatever reason, I won't go into it because I don't have the statistics in front of me. It just, it's, it's not a lot of people who actually go through the massive effort that it takes to get to a place. And the reason I'm even talking about this is because I'm making an analogy here to what I'm doing now. And I tell them my process in specific because it's probably a little relatable. I was in very bad shape three years ago, about 210 pounds. Now I'm about 156, give or take. Guesstimation, 156 is not a guesstimation. That's pretty much on the nose. But don't hold my feet to the fire on that one because it's been two weeks since I weighed myself. I guess that the people who ask me the most about fitness or my wife are the people who consistently ask that same question. And the answers haven't changed. It's just someone's willingness to put one foot in front of the other, and and start making the stride towards that. This is not an episode on fitness, I don't think, but most of these episodes are not anything I can think of. I told you in one of them that I unprepare for this. Why do I unprepare, man? Wouldn't it be easier to prepare? Yes, it would be. 
it would be much easier. I just had a little conversation with myself right there. Asked myself a question, and I actually agreed with it. Good for you, Jet. There I go again. Uh, hence the name. Not Jet. Psychotherapy. Um, I unprepare. It was a little bit about we lost, a little bit about, a little bit about podcasting. Now we're going to unpreparedness. I unprepare for this podcast because I want the thoughts to arise like butterflies. What's that song? Thoughts arise like butterflies. I don't know. And it'll come to me in a minute and, and I'll be talking to you about something serious and then bam, it'll come. Maybe. So what was I talking about? Podcasting? Weight loss? Oh, unpreparing. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot what I was doing. I forgot about unpreparing. I'm, a, I'm an expert at unpreparation. H. Oh man. Talk about a time to digress. Anyway, I unprepare for this show because I don't want to give you what you've gotten forever. And what I've gotten forever too. So we're in the same boat, right? If you're seeking this show out, unless someone has put a gun in your head, one of my friends, and you know, please reach out to me or the authorities if that's the case, you're listening to this because you feel you're not perfect. Well, I have felt not perfect for a long time. It's probably one of my earliest memories. Boy, that's dramatic, right? One of my earliest memories. I don't even remember my earliest memory, possibly. Anyway, I was seeking, I was seeking general when I was very young. And I found it in eventually in audiobooks. I've talked about that a little bit. I found it in personal development audiobooks. Uh, one of the first ones I remember was the Dalai Lama, The Art of Happiness, a tape that I listened to until the tape was actually a little bit worn out. It was a thing that could happen. What I liked about it was that it gave me an insight into something that I had explored my entire life up until that point, which was the human condition, even though I was young. Before that, it was kind of movies. The reason I'm going down this line of conversation is that I wanted to tell you why I am prepared. The books that you hear and the ones that are on personal development or self-development are very prepared. Uh, I know people who've written them, had long conversations or lunch with them in my previous lives in business. And the thing is to go through a publishing house and to go through these different steps for a lot of these people, I'm not going to say all, you have to have a formula, right? So you have to be able to hit, you know, I've said it before, the 10 steps to enlightenment is going to be not nearly as good as the eight steps to enlightenment. And if it's the one step to enlightenment, my friend, you have got yourself a bestseller. So if it's not on enlightenment, if it's in self-improvement or self-achievement or, you know, relationship or anything like that, there has to be this step process. Not has to be, but that's going to help you sell, which is the object of a book, right? So what I think about, what I think is different about this show and by the way, I can't explain this show. I've tried to, uh, especially this last week when I was up camping with my friends. For whatever reason, my mouth becomes a Tower of Babel, which if you do your Bibling, um, is where the people couldn't communicate to each other. In most cases, I cannot strike that. In most cases, I have a very easy time of explaining complex systems, whether it's the human condition, which I keep saying, um, mechanical operations of a car, the things that I know, I know how to articulate. That is one of my skills. When I try and talk about what I do here, I can't. I sound like a bumbling idiot. I think that's a gift. Maybe it's subconscious. Maybe it's something above us. You know, maybe it's something more powerful than myself, but I can't explain it, which is great. Because if I could, then I could promote it. And if I could promote it, I'd be back to my old self and I'd be trying to hawk or pitch something that I think uh, should not be done. I, I don't think that this should be something that I pitch because if I do that, then I'll be trying to cater it to you. And once I cater it to you, it's not going to be pure and it's not going to get to the people I feel it needs to. That's just a feeling. And the people who know me best feel like that's a good feeling. So I go back to what the other well, I guess it's podcasts or books or lectures or any of those things are, is that they, 
Well, let's talk in particular to the people like uh, Anthony Robbins, who is an incredible guy who does a lot of incredible things. Um, and usually when someone says that, they're about to say, but, and I'm going to say, but he um, is a pitch man. And he was an incredible pitchman in the 80s. He was on infomercials. That's how I got familiar with him when I was a kid. And it wasn't until I was in my 20s where I really, you know, found him to be relevant to me. And it helped me in some ways with my business. His style, I feel, alienates a large group of people because it's kind of braggadocious. That's how he had to sell himself at the time. And I do not begrudge him. He is very successful. I've listened to his podcast and he uses his resume of success as a way to make you feel you could be successful. And he uses a lot of techniques that are tried and true, and he uses a lot of techniques that he's invented. But I, I don't think that that is going to appeal to the millennials I generation or myself. When I heard these people who were talking about how successful they were at a thousand miles up in the air, you know, um, trying to pretend that they remember what it felt like to be poor, or in my case, in a basement doing a recording uh, on my podcast... And yeah, I'm not poor, but I've definitely been in poor situations and it's resonance, it's texture that I keep using that word is very much with me at all times. And you know, I live in an RV. That's by choice. I could have an apartment or a condo, but I live in an RV. So living in an RV keeps me pretty humble, right? So the reason I say all that is that I think there's a relatability in people who are actually in that moment. Whereas when you are a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, when you look back at something, you're kind of looking through rose-colored glasses. And I have mentioned that before, but this is for the new listener, the person who's listened to it before. Sorry for a little repetition. But I'm explaining why this may be special for some people. And it is the lack of preparedness. It is the fact that I'm trying to talk to you as if you're right in front of me. And I'm trying to talk to you, as a matter of fact, I am talking to you in the best way I possibly can from my heart, from an instantaneum plate. Instantaneum? Instantaneum is what... Uh, Wolverine's made out of, or animantium. I can't remember. What a nerd! So that is the purpose of the unpreparedness that I do before I do the show. And that's how you lose weight in two easy steps. No, that, that was the beginning of this conversation. So that's unpreparedness. <laughs> a lecture on how to be unprepared for a podcast if you're going to do one that's like Jet Dunlap's. That topic is now closed. Second topic. So I'm back from the mountains, and I left the mountains with my wife for the first time. Mammoth Lakes, Convict Lake is where we stay, Mammoth area, Sierra Nevadas. I've been going up there since 1986, and when I was a kid. It's always had an amazing memory to me. I said in the last one, and I said in one that I won't air because it was just derivative. Again, I still have that idea. Why doesn't Jet have the worst of podcasts? My wife's like, that's a terrible idea, and you know what? She's right. And they're terrible. Come listen. 2020, the worst of podcast coming to you. Maybe not. So I'm up in the mountains and I keep going there because it's familiar. We keep going in the second week of August every year for a million years. See my family, same people. I say one of the things I like most about it is that it's unchanged. And uh, everything else in my life changes. My friends, my family, my home, everything. Except for this location. I'm looking at the same mountains that have been there for 65 million years or more. And uh, that's good. But that feels a little bit like bullshit when I say it. Sorry to cuss. I try not to. I I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I really do. I think that I think that I don't need that anymore. I think that I've evolved. Um, I talked about the last podcast how I shaved my beard that I had for two years. And that when I was about to shave my beard, the anxiety, the tension of 
not doing it because my wife is going to cut it. And then she kind of, I don't want to say chickened out, but she chickened out and couldn't do it because she was so used to it. And this is facial hair, people. This was not like I was cutting off my arm, but you get used to the things you get used to, bad or good. I shaved it off. I have a mustache and uh, keep looking at myself in the mirror and it feels like I lost the lower half of my face. But I say that to kind of come back to the whole place that I've gone every year. Now, most of my life, I don't do this deliberately. So I try not to go to the same place. As a sober person, I don't want to have the same conversations with the same people of the greatest hits of our life. You may love this and that's fine. I think there are a little bit of inherent kind of flaws in this, but let's say you want to go drinking with an old friend. This happens on a regular basis, and all you do is you roll out the old stories. Remember the time you and I got drunk in Vegas, and you jumped on top of that horse in front of the uh, Caesar's Palace, and you rode it? Oh man, what a time we had. And you've heard that story 12 times, you know, in the last three years. And you keep wanting to hear that because it's familiar. I've actually gotten to the point where I can't do that anymore, including this trip. We left early from our trip because the weather was perfect. Our setup was perfect. And we're like, this is so boring. In previous years, when we had the weather to battle, like the rain and, you know, insane wind that comes about in the Sierra Nevadas, you know, it was a little more entertaining. We could stay a little longer. That was a new element, unpredictability. But when everything was just sunshine and rainbows, it was like, oh my God. I played this album a thousand times, and I know how it ends, and I don't want to keep doing it. Since I was a kid, I've always dreamed of going on this trip by myself, right? So when I was a little kid, I used to go up here with my dad, and I'd see my dad tow the boat or the trailer, and I'd be like, one day I'll do that. I did by the age of 15 and a half, 16 years old. I towed the bow up. Bow? Towed the bow up. Towed the bow up. That's an impression of something that doesn't exist. Um, or someone. I towed the boat up. And then I got bigger and cooler rigs in my life. Rigs! Murtaugh. That's a lethal weapon joke. Um, for two of you, I, as a Valley boy, San Fernando Valley boy, which I don't like to think of myself as because that was a derogatory thing in my mother's family, my only extended family. Oh, Valley people. They were LA people. Now there aren't all Northern California people. But anyway, as a Valley guy, I like my big machines and I like my towing of vehicles. Now remember, I'm a guy who drives a, shares a Prius with my wife, a plug-in Prius the FJ Cruiser that's lifted to Helen back, this beautiful rig that we have, and our off-road trailer, that's something we use for the mountains because that's an environment that calls for it. Uh, I kind of think of it as, you know, we have this daily driver and then we have a boat. The boat goes out when you can go in the water, when you have to go in the water, so we use the off-road rig when we have to. I don't need to explain myself to you. You're no one. I don't mean that, you know, fundamentally or, you know, transcendentally. Transcendental. I wonder if you can get your teeth white in there. So I... I'm just trying to make excuses as to why I have a Toyota FJ Cruiser that's really lifted. We were getting 18 miles to the gallon. Okay, enough, Jet. Enough. Back to the lecture at hand, as my friends from the 90s said. So I have this off-road rig because when I was a kid, I looked up to my dad. I looked up all the people who have the coolest things. I brought a 36-foot RV up there one year. I brought my F-150 that was lifted. I brought up all these things, but this was the perfect setup. I mean, if you saw Gina and I with our off-road, I will put it in the show notes. If you saw us with our off-road FJ Cruiser, the custom trailer we made with the rooftop tent, I mean, we got it made, right? It was always something I wanted to do. I want to outdo my dad. He saw it, by the way, and he doesn't care. Big surprise there. You know, let me save you some therapy time. If you're trying to impress your parents and you're like me and you're having a hard time doing it and you're 40 years old, stop. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I just wish I could make mommy proud. Well, that's not in the cards, Jet if that is your real name. 
So we had this perfect rig in the perfect weather and it was boring. Perfection is boring. And if you can look at it in a micro examples of your life, man, you can really sell yourself yourself. Man, I'm having a tough time. It's been a while, okay? It's been like 12 days since I've recorded one of these in the way I am right now. So give me a break. Get off my back. So this perfection, if you look at it in micro ways in your life um, and say, hey, wait a second, I reached perfection there or close to it, and that's boring. You know, I don't want to find that in all fields of my life. It's the challenge. It's the adventure that I like the most. And that's great because the iGen and the millennials are actually pretty aware of that. That's why experiential stuff has taken an increase and why it's harder for me to find campsites because you SOBs all like going camping or at least taking selfies when you're camping, which is a lie. That's just me jabbing because I want my favorite camp camp spots, camp spots, yeah. So we got bored of perfection, you know, or close to it for our camping way. And then I come home and I'm depressed. Oh no, you're depressed. Where's my beard? It's gone. I used to have a beard. No, I don't. I miss it. Why do I miss it? Because I had it before. Routine. Even me, a guy who is so aware of this trap, man, and woman, I have studied my human condition for so long. Because remember, when I started seeing my therapist, I was still developmentally ready to be therapized when I was very young and for a long time. And then I seeked this out on my own. So even with all those tools in my arsenal, I come back and I'm like, it's just a different environment. And you look forward to something for so long. And then when it happens and you're like, oh, here I am. It wasn't the best thing. Have you ever been on a vacation and it hasn't been the best thing? That was going to be Seinfeld ended up being like Jeff Foxworthy or something. You might be a redneck, blah, blah, blah. Here's to you, Foxworthy. I just, I'm kind of at this place right now where I know my next adventure has to be on much more of a grand scale, but I'm also not going to force something that I have done in the past a lot, my 30s. I would see a sliver of something that I know I could do well, right? And I jump in it headfirst. And there goes a year. But it wasn't what I really want to do, which is doing what I'm doing now on a larger scale. But because I'm not doing what I'm doing right now with you on a larger scale, I want to do something else because I don't want to wait for this to materialize in a way that gives me true fulfillment, right? So I know that if I was doing this, helping people from stage or helping people more on an individual basis, I'd be happy with still the difficulties I have, but I'd be doing what I'm supposed to do. So... Because that's not here right now, I go, what else can I do? Should I go back into consulting? Should I build more off-road rigs and sell them like I just did? Should I blah, 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 blah down the list? Because I'm impatient, because I want my Oompa Loompa now, daddy. And, uh, and so I'm looking for something. But that's problematic, right? So because if thoughts are things and you materialize your future and I'm looking for something, something's going to come along. But what I want is this. I want to be on stage at college campuses and corporate environments or wherever at my own deal, helping people survive this human condition. And if possible, I'm not going to say thrive just because it rhymes or survive, but thrive. I'm a liar in whatever that is, you know, because... I'm doing a lot better than I was yesterday, a lot better than I was a week ago, a lot better than I was three years ago. Maybe somewhere in there I was doing better than I am now, but it's progress, right? It's not always linear, but you want to, in a five-year period, to be a little better off than you were five years prior. That's what I want to do for you. And if you're addicted to stuff like I am, I want to help you get over that or cope with it. I don't want you to kill yourself. That's a main point here. I see those statistics, even though I don't watch the news. People talk to me about it with the I generation, Uh, people born in the 90s. And I see this and I go, oh, I wish I could talk to them. 
And when I say that, I feel guilty because that feels egoic. Like, oh, you're going to save them? I have helped a number of people who have credited me with assisting them in continuing to live. Um, Even that sounds egoic, but that's the truth. And if I could do that for more people, that'd be great. And even when I say that, it sounds so false because I've been so used to in my life doing things for something outside of goodness. So when I say I'm doing something because I just want to help someone, I mean it, but it feels weird. Isn't that, isn't that odd? When you're actually in a stream of authenticity and you still feel awkward just because it's not routine, it's not something you're accustomed to. So I want to help people, but I'm frustrated that it's not here now. So, I mean, look, I'm going to end this episode because I'm exhausted. Whatever I said just now kind of drained me. Let's, la- let's end on a laugh, okay? You're going to have to laugh because I was going to produce one, but it would sound like an evil clown, and no one wants to end on an evil clown. End up on an evil clown either. That would be terrible. How'd you get yourself in that situation? You should stop drinking right now because you're ending up on a lot of evil clowns. Evil clowns are way worse than good clowns, but even a good clown, that sounds like he's hiding the evil. Anyway, Mammoth Lakes... Weight loss, I'll definitely go into more in another episode. I think I should have Gina on because she can get into the nitty-gritty of it. That's my wife. She's an expert in this field. She can break down the nutritional content of a broccoli. If that doesn't excite you, then you are like me. But she can do that, and it's helpful. So when I have a weight loss episode, it'll be with her, I think, I hope. If I can lock her down. She's a very difficult guest to lock down. This episode kind of moved around. But I guess it's about doing that thing you look forward to all year round. And then finding it's the same thing you've done forever and the years blend into each other and uh, it's time for a new adventure. And you know when it's time. And maybe right now you don't know what the adventure is like I don't. I just was pointing and I hit my microphone, so I apologize for that disruption. But even if you don't know what it is, you know it's time. Well, let's see if we can't figure that out together. That's not a homework assignment. I don't give homework assignments like some books and teachers because I hated homework and I hate it when books give you homework. So till next time, my friend, I am Jet Dunlap coming to you from the basement of Chatsworth Island. I hope you have an incredible time between when I talk to you next. And uh, if not, that is not my fault. So don't come blaming me. I will hear from you later. I won't. Gosh, I always that me. <laughs> I always make that mistake. I will not hear from you later. You may hear from me later if you listen to the next episode. Thank you for listening if you did. And if you didn't, you didn't hear this anyway. So I don't like you. Till next time, friend, I'm Jet Dunlap.